Thanks for listening to the Crosspoint Podcast. This is the Young Adults Ministry of the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Here we desire to see this generation of young adults reached and revived with the gospel of Christ. We believe our generation has the opportunity to change the world as we know it. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Franklin Road Baptist Church. Our prayer is that our podcast will help you grow in your relationship with God. Enjoy the Crosspoint Podcast. To um, follow along, the scripture reading is a little bit long. Um, I'm going to not read every verse, but um, because most of you will be familiar with the story. But I did want to kind of set the context. We've been in a series entitled Love and Dating. So talking about how to love and date God's way. Many of the principles that we've shared, I believe, are applicable to not only those who are maybe single, but some of them will be applicable to those that are um, maybe some of our some of the people who serve in here who are already married, if you're engaged and getting married. Um, I think that no matter where you find yourself in that state, what stage of life that you're in, there are some applicable principles in here. And so with that, let's look at Luke chapter number 1. Let's begin reading in verse number 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, which that phrase always cracks me up. He says, you are a good woman, you're blessed, you're favored among women. And then she says, oh, that troubles me, all right? Um, Obviously, I don't know that she was troubled as much at the saying as much as the strange angel in her home saying it, all right? But, uh, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this this should be. So she thinks that she's received some sort of um, singing telegram or something like someone went to a, Joseph really went all out for Valentine's Day this year. Like he, he, he's, he sent an angel to tell me how favored I was. Like what manner of salutation is this? All right. And the angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. I want you to skip down. There's an interaction between Mary and Elizabeth Elizabeth here. But I want you to skip down to verse number 48. Actually, verse number 47. The Bible says this. This is Mary speaking. Verse 46 says, Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. And then it says in verse 47, And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. 
and his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of a low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath hope in his servant, or his servant Israel, in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And so there's a little, almost, psalm that Mary shares right there. I want you to hold on to those verses until the end of the lesson, but we're going to talk for the next couple minutes about preparing yourself for God's one. Preparing yourself for God's one. Let's pray and we'll ask the Lord to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the day that you've given us, and we thank you for uh, just this opportunity to learn from your word. God, I ask that you would help me as I speak. Lord, you know that I am weak, but Lord, I am trusting in your strength. Lord, I'm trusting in your word. And so, God, I ask that you would um, help this to sink down deep into the hearts and minds and lives of these young adults. God, I ask that you would um, bless our church. Lord, bless the service to follow. If there's any lost that um, join us today, Lord, may they hear your gospel presented clearly so that they may accept it and begin their relationship with you. God, I ask you would help those in this room to begin now preparing for who you have for them or for what you have for them. God, we ask all these things in your name we pray. Amen. One of the reoccurring themes that has been showing up in my Bible reading and in my life and just so many other areas is how much of a preparatory God that our God is. I want you to write down maybe that phrase, a preparatory God. You see, many times the things that require the most success or that we see the most success in are the result of a preparation prior to. You go on a trip. A good successful trip is the result of good successful preparation, all right? Most of us now don't hop in a car and just start driving and say, well, I'll just find out where I'm going. Like, I'll, we'll just see where we land. I hope there's hotels available now because of the, which, by the way, it did used to be like that. How many of you remember your parents pulling into a town and pulling under those little canopies of a hotel? I can remember my dad, like, the way the hotel clusters used to be, like there'd be, this shows you how like how far we've come in the world. Like, okay, there used to be like a Super 8, a Motel 6, and then a something else. My dad would pull under all those little canopies, and he would go in and be like, do you have any rooms available? And they're like, yeah, no, there's no room in the inn. All right, that's not what they would say. Um, that was That's the Christmas story, okay? But um, he would go in and be like, and they would say, oh, yeah, we've got a double queen bed for $59.99. And he would, okay, thank you. Well, we're going to look around or whatever. And then he'd go get in the car, and he'd go to Super Oh, yes, we've got a double queen bed for $69.99. Well, Motel 6 has it for $59.99, and then Hampton Inn has it for $129.99. So, like, can you meet me? In the, and, like, that was the way that you did it. You didn't have any way to really prepare. But a good trip is based off of the successful preparing that you do ahead of time. A good body, okay, if you are able to take care of your body, is the result of preparing it for what you want it to be down the road. I am learning that past the age of 30, I don't think you recover from injuries. Like, that's just what I've determined. Like, everything hurts. Like, there's no way you get better from it. It's just like the doctor just needs to look at you and say, yes, you're going to deal with this for the rest of your life, okay? But good preparation eventually leads to good success. And many times the things that we do not experience success in are the result of failing to prepare. And sometimes, here's what I see in people's Christian lives 
and specifically as they get ready for marriage. We assume that preparing for maybe uh, physical health, we assume that preparing financially, we assume that preparing for a trip or a honeymoon or, or maybe even a wedding day, we can get all of the boxes right, but unless we have prepared for a marriage, it will fail. There are people who have wonderful and beautiful wedding days, but have terrible marriages. There are people who have wonderful dating lives, but have terrible marriages. There are people who are set financially. They have prepared themselves for the finances and for the difficulties and hard times of life, but they have terrible marriages. Why? Because they have prepared in everything else, but have failed to prepare themselves for a successful relationship with the opposite gender or, the, or, or with their spouse. And what I want you to see today is this. I don't know that anyone had a more difficult preparation time than Mary and Joseph. Can you just imagine the cultural pressure of being a pregnant woman who has never been married, and then your excuse when you're asked about it is, well, I'm bearing the Son of God. Probably most people would look at that and say, well, that's a cop-out. That's an excuse. That's a lie. But yet somehow Joseph and Mary navigated the preparation prior to marriage in what was not the most ideal of circumstances. And for you as a Christian who wants to love and date differently and marry and be a different kind of spouse, let me just talk to you very briefly, okay? That is not the result of saying, well, look at how physically fit I am. Look at how financially stable I am. Look at what kind of job I have. Look at what kind of car I have. I want you to listen to this. You can have all of the things that culture tells you that you need to be successful and still have an unsuccessful relationship with the one that God has brought into your life. You can, ma you can check every box that the world says to check. You can be good looking, you can be financially stable, you can have a great career, you can have all of you can be saving up for retirement at the age of 15, okay? Doing it Dave's way. You can do all of those things, you can check all of the boxes and yet still still fail to be the type of spouse that God needs you and wants you to be because you have failed to prepare yourself in the most important area, and that is your Christian life. And so with that in mind, I want us to look at really three thoughts from today about preparing yourself for God's one. Last week, we talked about finding God's one. This week, we're going to talk about what do you need to focus on to prepare yourself for God's one. First of all is this, prepare yourself spiritually. Prepare yourself spiritually. I want you to go back and look at verse number 28. The Bible says this, And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. Skip down to verse number 30. The Bible says, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. I want you to look at the two commendations that the angel gave to Mary. He says, You are favored with God. God has looked down upon you. You are blessed. There is something different about you. And wouldn't it be great if you as a Christian, whether you are a male or a female, okay, no matter what gender you are, wouldn't it be great if your greatest attraction was your spirituality? Wouldn't it be great if your greatest asset in dating and in marriage was the fact that you were blessed of God and favored with God? 
I can promise you this, that there will come a day to where you're sitting in a nursing home and looks don't matter and none of the things that you might have been, financial stability and physical health and all of those have started to fade. But who will hold your hand at the end of your life needs to be a spiritual person. Needs to be someone who is blessed of God. I'm thankful to have married someone that, while I'm, when I started dating her, did not know of her godliness. I'm so thankful for Lauren, who has really set the tone spiritually in our home. She's someone who has pushed me, not in a nagging, just like, oh, you need to get your act together. No, she has, she has set an example in my life of spirituality. She is my greatest counselor. She is my greatest prayer warrior. She is the one who is the, a lot of times has the spiritual wisdom in our family. And that does not just hold true for ladies, okay? Guys, you as a man must be the spiritual leader that God has called you to be. Meaning this, it's not a competition of who is more spiritual in a relationship. It is a companionship of spirituality meaning that you are working together to grow in Christ Jesus. One of the, my favorite parts of premarital counseling is when we get an opportunity to look at couples across the table when we take them out to eat or take them out to coffee or whatever, and we get to show them how that both of you, as a result of dating and being married, you should be better because of each other. If you are looking at whoever you're dating, whoever you're getting ready to marry, and all of a sudden they have brought you down a couple of notches, that's not a good start. You should be looking at each other and saying, no, this is what I've gotten better in as a result of being with you. And so prepare yourself spiritually. Let me just ask you a couple of questions. No matter what stage of life you're at, whether you're in the room and you're married, you're dating, you're engaged, and you have, or you have no prospects of any, okay? Let me ask you a couple of questions. The first one is this, how regularly do you spend time with God? How regularly do you spend time with God? Your Bible reading, your prayer, your times of just me and God. Secondly is this, how faithful are you to do what God has called you to do? You see, if you, if you get into a relationship and you say, we're bringing two Christians together, watch this. There are disobedient Christians, meaning this, that if you just check the box of, oh, well, he's a Christian, that's great. That's a good place to start. But unless he or she is a surrendered and obedient Christian, then the, the title of Christian does not guarantee a good relationship. The title of Christian does not guarantee a good marriage. So with those questions in mind, prepare yourself spiritually. What does that look like? Secondly, prepare yourself purely. Prepare yourself purely. Obviously, we understand that because this angel was sent from God, he had the, the mind and the wisdom of God, and so this wasn't something to where God sent the angel to the wrong person, okay? But I find it very interesting that he says this in verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and, and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be seeing I know not a man. Without going into too much detail, obviously I understand everyone in the room is adults, but not everyone acts like adults, okay? So 
I'm going to fly over this, but I do want you to see it, okay? It's interesting to me that when the angel gives her that tiding and that, that information, that Mary doesn't have this uh-oh moment. That Mary doesn't say, oh, this could be a problem. That, that, no, I, I, I'm not pure. I, I, I've, I've done this. I, I, I've been known to run around. No, none of those things were true because she had prepared herself purely. And watch this. Even to the person that she was espoused to. Sometimes we think that an engagement ring is a license to do things that are not there, that should not be done until there's a wedding ring, okay? But prepare yourself purely, meaning this. Mary was favored among women and blessed of God because she was prepared spiritually, but she also had prepared herself purely. Ladies, that means who you're giving your heart to. Guys, that means the who and what you're seeing, who and what you're watching, your thought life, okay? Prepare yourself purely, and here's why. The world will tell you that what you are doing prior to marriage is practice for who you'll one day settle for. Can I get you to, receive, to see a paradigm shift in that? That who and what you are with prior to marriage is simply an obstacle that you will have to hurdle after marriage. It is not practice for marriage. It is an obstacle that you will have to hurry, hurdle prior or during marriage. And here's why. God's grace is sufficient in all of those things. I'm not standing up here and saying people don't make mistakes, okay? God's grace is sufficient in all of those areas. But watch this. There is something that is pure and holy and sweet about two pure people coming together and beginning a life together. There, are, there is something that God looks down upon and that he can bless because of purity. Now watch this. I don't know where everyone is on that scale, nor do I want to, okay? This isn't a, we're not taking a poll so you can stop sweating right now, all right? But here's what I will say. That as a child of God, when the Bible says, be ye holy for I am holy, when the Bible talks about being pure, when the Bible talks about saving yourself, when the Bible talks about that marriage is honorable and the bed is undefiled, when the Bible says all of those things, watch this. It tells you that not to refrain you from something to enjoy, but to prepare you for something that is more enjoyable. Okay? I want to say that again, because sometimes I think that we have this skewed cultural Christianity thing that where we bring a little bit of the world into our Christianity. God does not tell you those things to restrain you from something in, to enjoy but to prepare you for something that is more enjoyable. You can sit around and you can say, well, look what I'm missing out on. You're not missing out on anything. You're preparing for something better. You're not missing out on anything. You are preparing for something better. And then lastly is this. Prepare yourself spiritually, prepare yourself purely, and then prepare yourself obediently. Prepare yourself obediently. At the end of verse number 35, uh, 36, Sorry, verse, um, verse 38. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Be it unto thee according to thy word. I asked you how faithful are you to do what God has called you to do. Can I just ask you a very simple question? 
What act of obedience has God been maybe prodding and encouraging you to take that you've failed to do? Maybe it's in serving. Maybe it's in something that you're watching. Maybe it's in a way that you're communicating. Maybe it's something that you're listening to. Maybe it's a relationship that you have. I can't go through every list of things. But what act of obedience has God been prodding you to take that you have failed to take? You say, well, that's none of your business. You're right, it's not. But here's whose business it is. Is that if you can't obey now when it only affects you, what makes you think that you'll obey one day when it doesn't only affect you, but it affects a spouse? If you can't obey now when it only affects you, what makes you think that, well, maybe if I bring someone else into this picture, then I'll be, I'll be more obedient to the Lord? That's not at all what God teaches in Mary's life. Mary could have said, whoa, sorry, I'm out. Nope, that's, this is too much. The whole Son of God thing, that's too much for me. But she chose to say, be it according to thy word. I told you to hang on to those verses at the end of the passage. I'm going to fly through this. I, sometimes I look at the life of Mary and Joseph, and it's so intriguing to me. It's intriguing to me that I, I just can't even fathom being in their position, especially the way that society works now. Can you imagine having to post an Instagram birth announcement and saying, all right, everybody, no worries. We already know the gender. It's the son of God. Like, put yourself in that. I think that's probably why the social media wasn't around when J Jesus was born. Probably why it doesn't need to be around today, okay? But that's a different topic for a different day. Um, but can you imagine the amount of pressure? Can you imagine having to go and tell your family about it? Can you imagine some of the difficult conversations that were the result of something good? Something that we use as a doctrine of our faith. Like this is a pillar of our faith. Can you imagine having to have those conversations? And then having nothing to validate them. Like an angel showed up. Mary, are you sure that Joseph just didn't send you like a cool valentine? No, I may, uh, an angel showed up. He told me that. Like, okay. That would be pretty awkward. But it's f so intriguing to me, those verses that we read. Where Mary literally quotes a psalm. And she tells people how good of a God she serves. And here's what I want us to close with today. You say, I don't know how to prepare myself spiritually. I don't know how to prepare myself purely. I don't know how to prepare myself obediently. I don't know how to do this thing that you're telling me to do. Okay? Here's how it starts. It starts by recognizing how good of a God you serve. It starts by seeing, God, this is who you are. I've had this moment now where I'm trusting you. God, I look at what you've done to your enemies. I look at how you've provided for people. I look at how you've prepared other people in the past. And if you can do that for them, I know that you can do that for me. And so wherever you are at right now on this scale, if you say, I've messed up in my, in my purity, that's, that's in the past. Begin preparing yourself now for the future. Begin to prepare yourself spiritually. Be pure from this point on. Be obedient from this point on. Begin to prepare yourself for the one that God has for you, and here's why. Because God is not trying to keep you from that which is good now. He's trying to save you and prepare you for that which is best later. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, let's pray and we'll be done. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the day that you've given us. Thank you for these young adults, God. I pray that you would... Thanks for listening. 
If this lesson is helpful to you, feel free to share it with someone else or let us know by emailing us at crosspoint at franklinroad.org. You can also check us out at frbc underscore crosspoint on Instagram and Twitter. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.